Welcome to the Simply Authentic Podcast with Angie and Tanya, where we hope to inspire you to dream big and push past your fear, empower you to take charge of your own life, and challenge you to be the most authentic self you can be. Welcome back to the Simply Authentic Podcast. Today's episode, we are actually going to have a myth buster episode for real estate. So what are the myths? What are the beliefs? What What's you know, a Zestimate? Exactly. What's, my neighbor's house sold for an amount, so mine should be worth the same. If I put X amount of dollars in, I'll be able to get that back. Yeah. So that's going to be our focus today. So it should be fun. Yeah. So Angie... Get us started with yeah. So let's Zestimates. let's start with Zestimate, okay? So okay. Tanya, I saw online that my house was worth X amount, and that's the Zestimate, so that's what I want for my house. Yeah, so Mr. or Mrs. Consumer, the Zestimate collectively takes all the surrounding houses. So if the house next door is exactly like yours, sure, that, that estimate from that one house could potentially be... Okay, Mm -hmm. you know, it could be a good comparable. But if you are the nicest house in the neighborhood and all the other ones are less superior, the Greater Springfield Board of Realtors, so this is for our area only. In different boards in Missouri, you go outside of here, they might be reporting their sales prices. We do not. So as a board, we do not report our sales prices to any platform. The only way you know exactly what your neighbor's house sold for is to call Mm -hmm. a realtor. And they can log in and say, Susie sold for $250,000. So this estimate is based off of a circumference in the area of where you live. So if you're a really great street, but there's two streets behind you and over to the west and over to the maybe the east are really, really expensive homes. It's going to average all of that. So is that does that sound accurate to you, Angie? Would that be an accurate estimate for your house? No, absolutely not. Because <laughs> we want to compare apples to apples, yes, right? And exactly. if you're taking in a street that is is not as desirable as you, as yours, and even in some pocket neighborhoods in Springfield, it makes it really difficult because if you go downtown and and you're near um, the Pickwick area, let's just say, for sure. you yeah. know, that area, but you go one street over, those houses are worth less. So sure. the Zestimate is taking all that information in yeah. and it's not really comparing apples to apples. Exactly. So you're going to hear us with a lot of our answers today, pr- promoting using a realtor. We exist for a reason. We absolutely are going to take care of your best interests. And that is why you hire us to begin with. Right. So the Zestimate is only scratching the surface of why you would hire a realtor and giving uh, the value to the R, we call it, mm-hmm. of using a realtor. So, right. okay, let's go to the next one. Okay. So Angie, when it comes to home improvements, mm-hmm. I'm always going to get dollar for dollar back in my pocket when I go to sell. If only that were true, yes, right? For sure. That would be so wonderful. You know, there are a lot of different reasons to make improvements to your home. And some of it's just for your own personal enjoyment, mm-hmm. right? You you want a, 
a specialized kitchen or you want this really luxurious bathroom. And so when you, you approach doing improvements to your home, you need to approach, approach them as, is this something that I'm going to enjoy? Why do I want mm-hmm. to do this? You know, if you're flipping a house, it makes a total, it's it's completely different answer. But mm-hmm. when it comes to the house you're going to live in, even if you're getting ready to sell, um, you you need to be cautious in terms of what improvements you do do make. Obviously, there are parts of your house that those improvements will pay you back more ROI than others, like your bathrooms and your kitchens updated, those those sure. kinds of things. But when it comes to exact return, you're not going to get that. There's going to be, um, you know, it, again, we're, we're talking about value here, and you're going to compare to how other homes in your neighborhood, how much they're updated right. when it comes to value. So you don't want to go over and above what your neighbors have done if you want to turn around and sell in six months or whatever. Um, again, take into consideration, though, that that your personal enjoyment and what you can um, derive from that. Yeah. And an example I'll give you, over the mm-hmm. weekend, I was in St. Louis at my brother's house, and he has some bathroom renovations he needs to do. Mm-hmm. And in St. Louis, it's a completely different gig up there getting handymen or Mm, contractors to show up they're part of a union and so it's a big deal and he made the comment well it might take me two years to get someone in here and I said why not get on the list then if they're going to take two years your name needs to be on that list so you can enjoy those bathroom improvements while you live here and while the kids are at home versus doing it in eight years when you're ready to sell now you've thrown a bunch of money into something that you didn't get to enjoy absolutely another statistic i'll give you Mm -hmm. and i looked this up or i maybe i just fell upon it on flooring so I saw a recent statistic from 2022 that you would get a 110% return on any flooring that you put in. Wow. So it just goes to show things change, the importance of of items to the consumer change. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I just did a big flooring remodel in my house that I should have done six years ago. I've thought about it for nine years while I've lived Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. But now once it's done and I saw that return rate and that's, you know, that's just an average and annual average from NAR. But gosh, I wish I'd done it years ago. So I could have been enjoying it all this time. Yeah. Another good reason to hire a realtor, right? Because we are blessed with a national association of realtors who um, compile stats. They do yearly, um, um, assessments of where you know what the consumer wants what they're looking at what's most important to them so we have all those stats at our disposal Mm -hmm. that we can use to to help a homeowner for sure so let's shift gears just a little bit it's one of my personal favorites um i'm gonna sell my home for sale by owner because i will save money what you're gonna do what (laughs) so i have a stat here let me pull it up on my phone real quick angie so for sell by owner, yes, we deal with that theory and our sellers calling us and, and trying to decide what to do. Should mm-hmm. I hire you? I know you. I trust you. You're a professional, but this looks super easy. I know I can do it on my own. The market's really, really hot. Right. I could just stick a for sale sign out and sell it tomorrow. Surely any idiot can do this job. <laughs> right. If only. The answer is no. 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 Um, So the statistic I pulled up, and this was NAR's stat that they put out at the end of 2022, 
from 2021, the typical FISBO home sold for $225,000 compared to, listen, three hundred and thirty dollars for the agent-assisted sale. So if that's a national statistic and somebody left $105,000 on the table, right. why wouldn't you hire a professional to take care of all of this? Right. You don't have to deal with the public. You don't have to, sh- to let potential scary people into mm-hmm. your house because mm-hmm. the buyers that are going to come into your house with another realtor because you've listed it are already vetted. They're already pre-approved. Mm-hmm. Your buyers that you that just answer your FISBO ad, you have no idea who they are. They have not been vetted through anyone else. You've got to then step into the realtor role and ask them for their pre-approval. If they're a cash buyer, you have to ask them for proof of funds because right. personally, I wouldn't want people traipsing through my house if they couldn't prove they had the cash. Then you're stepping into waters of asking somebody their bank account balance. You know, do you really want to deal with that mm-hmm. as a homeowner? Mm-hmm. And we do so much more in the transaction. We're, we're skilled at negotiating. Right. We know why things are selling and for what price and, and throwing in clauses that mm-hmm. are helping buyer's offers stand out like appraisal, uh, waiving appra- appraisal contingency or an appraisal gap. Right. Uh, maybe a rent back option that if the closing dates don't line out for everybody to get out and get in on the same day, then maybe there's a rent back option for the seller to stay there for two weeks. And that's not something that possibly any homeowner would even be thinking right. of. Right. There are just so many things when it comes to doing this on your own without hiring a professional that, of course, this is what we do for a living. We don't want you to FISBO. But right. we actually, you, this statistic shows how much value there is in hiring a realtor. Absolutely. Because you have to have proof, right? We're, we have access to numbers and um, information that no one homeowner could possibly have. And I'll give you right. a really quick example. Okay. This past week, one of my agents took a call from a potential client um, he was referred by a friend of his, and she said she thought her neighbor had sold for a certain amount, mm-hmm. and and therefore she thought her house would be worth three hundred, okay. three hundred thousand. She's on I don't know some acreage, small acreage, a large home. Well, number one, she just because your neighbor says that they got a certain amount for their home doesn't mean that that's what they got. You right. need somebody who can give you that information and, and it's reliable information. Number two, she was about $100,000 under what she should be. Wow. My agent said, oh no, I you know your, your house is worth probably closer to four and maybe a little bit more than that, even without running the numbers and and doing the research like what we do because we are professionals, he knew that she was way underpriced at wow. three hundred. Yeah. So it pays. It pays to call and deal with a realtor. Yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, so back to you, Angie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a buyer, mm-hmm. and I suddenly want to go look at a, you know maybe ten or fifteen houses before I ever get pre-approved because I want to make sure that I really want to buy a house. And I want to get in some doors, Mm -hmm. so can you help me? Well, the first thing I would tell you is we've got to get you pre-qualified to start with. You do not want to go out and look at homes without that information. There's, There's several reasons not to do that. Number one is 
let's say that you used an online calculator, which those things sure. have their purpose. It gives you at least a starting point. Right. So you start with an online calculator. I will say that most of those do not include your taxes and insurance. Right. So it's just figuring your principal and interest. So you start there and you think, okay, based on this payment, I can afford, let's say, a $250,000 home. Okay. And you call a realtor and you you tell them that without going and getting pre-approved. Now, let's say a, a, a lesser realtor, more, less experienced, would say, okay, let's go out and look at homes. Right. You go out and you look at a $250,000 home. You fall in love with a $250,000 home. Then you go get pre-qualified and based on your income and um, your credit score and all those things, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all those things that a, that a lender takes into account, um, you end up being able to qualify for two hundred thousand. Right now, there's a big difference between a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar house and a two hundred thousand dollar house. And once you've got your heart set on the two fifty, right. and then you're told you can only afford two hundred, it's going to be very disappointing. Right. Yes. So the other thing is, like we've mentioned a, a little bit in a previous answer. That homeowner that puts their home on the market, they're working hard to make sure that their home is presentable. They're picking up after themselves every morning when they leave. They're getting the kids wrangled, the dogs wrangled, all those things. We want to be able to tell them that we're bringing a qualified buyer. And and not wasting their time. Exactly. It is a waste of time everyone's time if you're not pre-qualified. So regardless of what your online calculator says and you think you might be able to afford X, you really must get pre-qualified before you go out and look. That's your first step. Absolutely. And I also think that in days gone by, when I first got my license, I think it was more usual that a buyer called and mm-hmm. you popped up and you got in your car and, and away you went and you went and looked at 10 houses and then you said, well, which one do you like best? Oh, I like this one. Now let's go get pre-approved. In today's world, that doesn't happen anymore because right. in the last three years, we have been in such a tight market mm-hmm. with supply being so far down and the buyer pool being so far up. If you're going to walk in that house and fall in love, you better have that letter in your hand. You better right. know exactly what you can afford, what your payment's going to be, and know what those special clauses are that you can or can't do to write in to be a competitive offer. Right. So that that non-pre-approved buyer, that, that has Doesn't gone to the wayside. Shot. No, Doesn't they have don't a have chance. a shot. No, I I train all my new agents that it's not a requirement to include that pre-qual or pre-approved letter with the offer, but it is the professional thing to do. It's the thing to do. It's your job to represent your buyer in the best light that you can. So it is, it is absolutely necessary to have that, that letter. And I can say from experience sitting down with multiple offers. And if you have a client that you need to print all of those offers versus email them and they need to see them with their eyeballs Mm -hmm. and feel them, Mm -hmm. they're going to ask, and I've had sellers ask this, well, does this one have a pre-approval? No, the agent said they would send it on Monday because this Mm -hmm. was over the weekend. and, Mm -hmm. And they would discard that. They would look at it and say, I'm not going to take that one seriously because they're not prepared. So be careful what you know right. what you believe to be true and what's actually happening in the market. That is what mm-hmm. your realtor's for to advise you on that. That's right. Okay. So next question. 
I don't have 20% down, Tanya. Okay. So I don't feel like I can buy a home. Is that, is that true? Absolutely not. So a 20% down conventional loan, I'm sure that most home buyers have heard that phrase before, but there are so many more loans. In fact, I would say there's probably more loans done on a daily basis with less than 20% Mm -hmm. down than actually having the 20 or more down. So an FHA loan requires 3.5% down. A VA loan, if you're a veteran, you can get a 100% loan without any money down. And a USDA loan happens in rural areas around here. That's also a 100% loan. Mm -hmm. There are also loan products that your local lender will provide you. Um, We had a lender in our office a couple weeks ago. They have a 100% loan program. You, and that's not a, it's not FHA, it's not government backed, it's a conventional loan. You have to fall into a certain income requirement. There are requirements with that loan. So not everybody would qualify. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of possibilities out there. Even if you have 5% down, you have a good credit score, you have low debt, you can get a conventional loan with 5% down. So that is absolutely a myth. And hopefully, knowing that information. There will be more home buyers out there that can get into home owning versus renting. Right. Yeah. And I think this is something that fluctuates with the market, right? So pre-recession, people were getting in from nothing, all mm-hmm. kinds of loans with, with um, you know, it really didn't, your credit score could be lower. You, it, it, it was a mess. It was, it was not a great time in the, it's not a great time in the lending history of what was going on pre-recession. But then as we came out of recession, yes, it's almost like the pendulum swung completely the other direction yeah. and, and it became more conservative. So you did have to have more down true. as we were coming Very out true. of that. The market that we're in now, though, definitely lots of options because as as things change in the market, like for instance, you referenced our low inventory, as things like that start to happen, the lenders get creative. They get sure, creative they with, have they have to, yeah. and get creative with the different types of products that they offer. So so please reach out to your lender um, and, and see if that's a possibility, even if you'd only have... 3% or 5% exactly. or nothing down, especially if you're a veteran. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So next question. Mm-hmm. I was on my Southwest Missouri Realty app last night mm-hmm. and I was looking for homes. Mm-hmm. And I found this home on 123 Main Street. Yes. And it's priced at 125000 And I was going to call you today. And I got up and I looked again on my app and it's gone. Yeah. It says that it's pending. Mm-hmm. How does that happen so quickly, and what does that mean? Right. So I would say it's really hard to trust any online source, right? Because except if it, you really need to call a realtor to get the yes. most up to date, we can set you up on on an app that will give you real time information. That will give you if you're looking for a home, it will give you the homes that are available. We can set it up to so that you get notified immediately right. of a home with your criteria comes on the market that meets that criteria right. and you can get that. If you were looking at let's give let's let's go back to Zillow for a minute. If you're looking at Zillow for instance, their information is not as up to date as what we have right. because they are a second or a third rung away if you will from from the main source of the information. I've seen 
homes beyond Zillow that were actually for rent. And they said, you know, they gave buy or vice versa. So really to get the most up-to-date information, you need to be on a realtor's app or the, um, you know, have a realtor set up a search for you so that you can get those, those immediate texts or emails that something has popped up on the market. So just because it's online showing active doesn't necessarily mean it still is because homes are still, there are still pockets in the market that are selling in 24 hours or less, um, just depending on where the house is. Yeah. And I have, I know you have as well had a lot of circumstances in the last couple of years in these three years that the market has been a little crazy that your buyer, you text with them the night before, Mm -hmm. and then the next morning, it's imperative that we reach out to the listing agent and say, is this home still available? And are there any offers yet? Right. Because you never know what kind of answer you're going to get with that. Mm -hmm. And then we have the most up-to-date information. That app isn't going to tell you, well, there's seven offers on that property. You know, right. do you want to get involved in that? So yeah, you would always need to call your realtor and ask them, please find out if this house is still available, mm-hmm. if they have any offers yet, and then you're in position to line up your showing or not. Right. And you still need to be ready to act fairly quickly. Again, there are pockets that are selling very quickly. Yeah. So as soon as you see that come up on a reliable source or you reach out to your your realtor or whatever, you need to be prepared to go and look at that house very quickly. For sure. Okay. Okay. What's next? Okay. Well, let's talk about um, CMAs, what we refer to as CMAs, a comparable market analysis, and what that really is and and maybe some myths around that. Let's talk about that for a minute. Okay. So when we sit down with a seller or they've called us and reached out and said, hey, I saw my neighbor sold. We just had a son graduate. We're thinking about selling in the next year or two. Could you run some numbers on our house? So most realtors are going to go into the neighborhood first because not every house is going to look the same in each Mm -hmm. neighborhood. However, you want to know what's recently sold, what's active in the neighborhood. If these people pull the trigger in a week and wanted to list, is there any competition in the neighborhood? Mm -hmm. So starting with the neighborhood, we would want to know what has happened with sales in the neighborhood. Of course, we do our own diligence on their home and figure out square footage and what kind of updates or any kind of replacements of any items in the house, like a roof or a HVAC or flooring or new kitchen were put in since they purchased it. That makes a huge difference in us running those numbers. And then from the neighborhood, we would go out and maybe in a one or two mile radius, depending on where you are. If you're in a rural property, say in Nixa, for instance, you might put in Nixa High School and compare Mm -hmm. to all the properties in Nixa, which would be several miles out, if you had a five-acre parcel and house you were selling. So we're also keeping in mind when we do comparables and before we give you that price, that an appraiser has to come in if your buyer gets a loan, and then they have to agree with you on the value that you've put on it. Mm -hmm. So I always like to look at it with my seller as a collective 
decision that I'm the trusted advisor sitting at the table with all the information. They can't get into my system. They can't see what I see. And I can tell them if someone sold for X, were there any closing costs paid with that? Because that's usually reported on our system. Mm -hmm. I can also see if a house sold and maybe they didn't report their sales price at all. Sometimes we can't even use those comparables, even if it's a very similar home. Mm -hmm. if, if it wasn't reported in our MLS, then we as the agent don't know what it was reported and a, at and a report what it sold at and an appraiser will not be able to use that property either. Right. Likely. So we're always wanting that value to line up with what the appraiser is eventually going to say the value is. And we have to have supporting properties mm -hmm. that compare. If you mm -hmm. lay down your pricing to your seller and say, here's your range from 325 to 349. That's our range because we this, this, and this sold. Mm -hmm. And they say, well, I want to go in high at 375. It is our duty to say, I can't support that with any comps, and therefore an appraiser might not be able to support it as well. And they mm -hmm. get the final say to either agree or say that it's not worth what we sold it for or it's worth more, which is always good. But right. that's that's the gamble. We don't ever know that. Right, right. So a couple of points um, based on what you said there. One thing, a CMA is an opinion of value. But if you are dealing with, let's say that you're interviewing two or three agents, which is which is not a bad idea at all, they all should come in pretty close if they're doing their homework. You can't call a realtor, and I love my dad, he does this to me all the time. So-and-so's got their house, they're going to put on the market, what's it worth? <laughs> That's not right. what we do. No. I, I don't just have this crystal ball <laughs> that sits on my desk and, and ha gives me random numbers. We are... We are doing the research. If if you hire a professional realtor, one of I mean, the the thing that we offer is service. That's our job. It's our job it to go out and advise you what you should price your house at after we do considerable research. Like Tanya said, maybe drive the neighborhood. Maybe we've asked you a ton of questions. We want to make sure we're comparing apples to apples. And we really want to make sure that we give you a value. And you mentioned range. The, most agents aren't going to come out and say, you need to list your house at 350 because there's a value range. And, and a lot of it depends on your motivation. If you, right. you know, if you don't have to move and you're putting your house on the market, or let's say you're two or three months out from really having to move and you've got a little time, you can probably afford to put it on the high end. But let's say that you've just been relocated to South Carolina and you don't have the kind of time um, because your family is going to be living in split places. Right. Your motivation is greater, so we're probably going to advise you to go in the middle or the lower end of the range. Right. And these are the kinds of things. And by the way, any any realtor who's doing their job should be able to show you their homework. Yep. They shouldn't Absolutely. just come out and say, your house is worth three fifty. Or, Or the other thing I love is, what do you think your house is worth? Yeah. Well, and that is our ethical duty to show yeah. support, and we're actually supposed to keep that on records mm -hmm. in our files for that listing that we take, yes. that we, we know exactly and we where we came up with that number. The client has a copy of that. It, it starts to, in the very beginning, to promote our value as a realtor if we can show them what these other homes sold for 
and why. And there's exactly. always differences. So Absolutely. it really comes down to fine tuning that range. If there is a range that you are, you know, well, you have granite and they had laminate and you updated mm-hmm. your kitchen and theirs mm-hmm. is still 1970s. There, There's big differences in each individual home. Right. And, and we as realtors work really hard on those CMAs sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then other times, if you're in kind of a cookie cutter neighborhood that most of the homes look alike, it's a really fast selling neighborhood, then it might be easier to establish, you know, there's been 10 sales in the last six months right here at this range The you know, this is a no brainer. This is what you can get or one closed last week at this. It looks exactly like your home. So every situation is different. Absolutely. One quick point I want to make before we wrap this, because we're going to, and we may have to come back to this. Yeah, We've still got sure. several myths that we, we have do. not busted yet. Right. But one thing I want to say is that if we come out and you say, well, I spent X on this and I still owe X. So that has nothing to do with value. What you owe on no. your house doesn't make any difference in terms of value. And a real, a, a good realtor will tell you that, that it doesn't matter what you spent. It doesn't matter what you owe. We're basing it on true recently sold comps. Right. And one other thing that I'll add to that, uh-huh. Angie, is if the house was sold two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago for X, that has zero value yes. on today's value. And a lot of people really have a problem what they feel overpaying on a house because Jim, when he bought it, he paid 200 and now Jim is asking 450 mm-hmm. And a lot of sellers will say, well, would they, or a lot of buyers rather will say, well, would they pay for it? I can tell you, but that's irrelevant. It doesn't right. matter what they bought it for five years ago. We are in a different market. Lots has changed. Lots have changed in the last a three lot. years of market, right? And so it has zero relevance. So good for them; they're going to make some money. Right. But they've lived there and kept up with the home. There's a lot of expenses that go into that every year, mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. updates go into that pricing as well. Right. So. So you could see, we could go on and on talking about these. On and on and on. on, and on. And on. But we'll save that for another day. Yes. So we'll wrap it here. We want to thank you for watching. Thanks, Gershman Studios, for hosting us today. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Simply Authentic Podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Be sure to listen to us on your favorite podcasting app.